Hey, this is Heather Langenkamp, the coordinator for the shop for the Dawn of the Dead. And you are listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank everyone who's been listening to us. We got some really exciting news for two of our co-hosts. I'm going to let them tell their exciting news. But before all that, I just want to shout out our social medias. Give us a follow. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search "Don't Go Out There," and you know we're we're nice people. We'll follow you back too, so you ain't got to worry about all that. We appreciate all the feedback. We always promote our next shows or giveaways, you know, stuff like that. So just give us go follow us on those uh, social medias. We'll keep you up to date. But Drew and Mike, they got some uh, pretty exciting news in their lives, and we'd like for them just to start the show off by announcing that. Go ahead, Drew. Well, I am now. I just got a promotion from uh, being the coordinator of Buffalo Rock here in Columbus, Georgia. Shout out Buffalo Rock uh, to being the uh, warehouse manager of all the operations. So uh, pretty big stuff. I still got a couple more places I can go from there, but uh, super excited. Oh, yeah. Awesome, just man. admit you run the whole show. Just say it. I'm just kidding. Oh, that's great, brother. That's awesome, dude. I'm second in uh, command. Oh, shit. So I'll go through it quickly. Um, So uh, as we said way back on our first episode, everyone on this show is a Florida State football fan. Uh, We've had Rashad Green on. So we're all Florida State football fans. We all have a love for Florida State football. Uh, And I've loved it since I was a kid Um, and everything Florida State. And I love to write clearly by how much I talk on this show. I love to talk and write and all that other shit. And so now I get to do both. I get to combine those passions into both. Right uh, about Florida State football for uh, Sports Illustrated, a little company known as Sports Illustrated. So I've been working out. I used to write for a site on SB Nation. And now moving on over to cover Florida State uh, for Sports Illustrated. So really exciting. AllSeminoles.com. If you just so happen to like Florida State as well and you want to read the work, AllSeminoles.com. So congrats. And obviously, if y'all, if y'all like reading great articles, Mike is probably one of the best article writers I have had the pleasure of reading. Thank you, sir. And I know Drew used to read my old ones because he would retweet them after he was done. Mm-hmm. There you go. Gotta show love. Uh, tonight, we're reviewing a movie that good brother Brian has picked, uh, Dawn of the Dead 2004 remake. I think this is our first uh, zombie-type movie, so that's uh, you know first for the show. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first with general overview. This movie starts off with a bang, and it's pretty wide open the whole movie. Uh, not necessarily my my niche in horror, but it's entertaining. Uh, Mike, do you want to go next with your general overview? Yeah, so as far as overall, I, uh, I like the movie. Uh, I remember liking it the first time I saw it. Um, it's kind of funny because I actually saw Shaun of the Dead before I saw this movie. So oh, it's kind of like scary movie with scream, you know, whole, uh, the whole thing. It's kind of like the, the same 
situation. But I can also separate the two, so it's it's not like a big hindrance on me or anything. Um, like the movie, to me, it's I, you know, we have a big loose umbrella for uh, horror here, so I'll I'll let I'll let this be in there. But it's more of an action movie about halfway through. It really starts to become a kind of a good a good action movie, or at least to me. And um, now there's some stuff I don't like. There's a lot of flash over substance, but overall, I, I, it's an, an entertaining film. Go ahead, Drew. What's your general overview of this movie? Um, it's a slight. It's just, to me, it's a slight movie that's above your average movie. It's it has really great points. It's got really great moments in it where you're just like, okay, man, if they just keep with this, I'm I'm gonna stay with it the whole way through. There's a few moments that I got lost in. I'm, I'm probably more of a, uh, a OG fan on the, this movie. I like the OG a little bit more just because it like uh, sets more on the character development. And there's a limited amount of characters. But overall, I enjoyed it. Um, thanks, Brian, for bringing this one back in into my life yeah. so I can yep. uh, potentially shit on it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised at all. All right, Brian, why did you pick this? And let's get a general overview, brother. Yeah, first of all, PSA for I've had a few people ask me this. Look, all of all of these opinions on these movies for all these episodes are ours. Like we don't say, hey, you hate this movie and I'll like it. We 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 truly have our own stances mm-hmm. on these movies. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just turns out that Drew hates them all. So it's not that we're telling <laughs> them. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He, he, even, he, even, he even hates the ones he picks. I didn't hate Scream. I'm just, I'm I just kidding, man. Uh, I'm, Night, I'm just, Come on. No, you did wow. you, rated, you rated that higher than 2018. You definitely did not hate that movie. Um, No, I, I'm just... I'm just I, I did for real want to put that out there though because I have had a, a few people ask, hey, do you guys like take different stances to make it more interesting? No, honestly, it just turns out that way. And thankfully, I mean, I would say thankfully, I mean, we've all have four had the same opinions on a couple of movies. They've just been rare, and and you know we don't do it to make the show more interesting or anything. But um, I'm I, I picked this movie because I mean I'm not truly. Like you know, Drew said that he was a, a fan of the old one. I'm not. I'm not a fan of honestly many zombie movies at all because I just I don't look at slow walking zombies as a threat I never was a fan of Walking Dead and so those movies are kind of campy to me and a little bit cheesy and there's there's room for that you know I like some some of those but I just have never really been a, a zombie movie fan until I watched this one this was the first first zombie movie that had the running zombies and that to me is what made them like oh shit like you know these are actually you know a threat like they they they're a little bit scary and so you know it i know i know 28 days later came out before it but this was the first this is the first one that i actually watched first and so um and actually that i liked the 28 days later 28 weeks later and i like um uh world war z uh because of because of the because of the running zombies honestly and so uh you know, we haven't done a zombie movie yet, and I this to me is one of the best remakes, honestly, of any of the old horror movies, um, in my opinion. So uh, I love it. Hey, real quick b- before we start, I really like that this movie does not follow the same plot line as the original because you can still have a loosely 
base remake without note for note, shot for shot, remaking the whole movie like A Nightmare on Elm Street tried to do, which was completely unoriginal and tasteless, like um, a bunch of movies have tried to do. You know, at least I know we we don't love Rob Zombie's Halloweens, but at least he was doing some different stuff. Uh, he wasn't just doing a shot for shot identical remake, except the third act is basically the same. But there is some differences. I love this movie for being different, for deciding to go with running zombies, which is great, for deciding to follow a different plot. But like Drew said, and we're going to get into it, there's too many characters I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> but my favorite, hey, I'll tell you right now, my favorite character is goddamn redneck Doug Stamper. And if you've seen House of Cards, you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, George, George A. Romero actually kind of hated this movie, which I get it. If you're a fan of the old ones, you're right. not going to like this movie. I mean, right. it's because no. it's it's completely shitting on the old ones. So, and I just don't like the old ones, so I don't care. So I love right. it. So, right. I, but I completely get it if you are a fan of the old ones. Y'all got any more general thoughts before we jump into the scene by scene? I think I'm good. Oh, go ahead, Drew. I was just going to say, like, I think that's what, what Brian's saying. Is like, if you like the OG compared to this one here, I think that's kind of why at first when I was coming, I was, you know, in our group chat, I was talking so much shit. Just like, you pick this. This is what we're watching. You know, and talk, everybody's talking about the, you know, greatest opening scene, whatever. And I think the lat for me, I'm I'm more of the uh, the movie, the movie storytelling. So I'm, I'm a I nitpick right. on characters. Me like too. characters to Same me way. is what makes the movie right for me. That's it. Well, the character development in this movie is not great, except for like one or two people. So I don't know if that's the acting or the writing by James Gunn or whoever, but uh, we'll talk about it as we get going. All right, well, let's start the scene by scene, guys. The film starts in a hospital. I, I wrote down it's just basic hospital talk between the nurse Anna. She's the she's the you know she's the main character in this movie. Basic hospital talk between Anna and the doctor, Anna and another nurse. And then she, you know, I wrote down there's a really cool overhead shot of Anna driving home in her, you know, suburban neighborhood. I thought that was really cool looking. She gets home and she crawls in bed and has a convo with her man, Lewis. Then Now they're in the shower with an intense makeout session. And as they're doing this makeout session, they miss an emergency report on the TV. The next morning, Lewis wakes up and sees a little girl, uh, Vivian, in her room. She has a zombie mouth and bites Lewis in the neck, killing him. Or do we? Or does he die? Anna Anna throws her out the room and she charge and she slams the door and she charges the door. Anna calls, but she tries she calls, she tries to call nine one one, but it's not going through. Lewis gets up as a zombie now. He she grabs her keys, but she falls into the bathtub. Lewis, uh, you know, she kind of crawls through the door. She thinks Lewis might have left or something, but then Lewis like headbutts through the door. And now she finally climbs out through the window. It's funny to me how she couldn't open the window the first time, but after the headbutt, she finally got it open. That was uh, okay. Got some strength, I guess. The, the <laughs> test, or you know, the adrenaline started pumping, so she just ripped that window open. She gets, she climbs out the window, and like a neighbor's like has a gun pulled on her, and she's like, she's just like doesn't know what's going on. Then it's kind of cool when ambulance runs the neighbor over. And I just and you get this cool look from Anna's point of view. She's looking at this whole neighborhood. People just running around. Cars are going everywhere. I just read the whole neighborhood is in chaos. You hear like a radio broadcast is saying over and over, it's an emergency in Greater Milwaukee area. Lock all your doors. I wrote down there's wrecked vehicles everywhere and there's zombie attacks everywhere. 
then all of a sudden she just crashes her car into a tree. And like they, like Drew said earlier, you know, Brian sent us an article saying this is one of the greatest openings to a horror movie. It, it's it's good. It's good. I, I I have some problems with that rankings that they had, but I mean, it, this was a really good opening. Uh, uh, Drew, you want to go first? Because I see you nodding your head over there and got that shit-eating green on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was just kind of funny because, like, you know, people were talking about it on Twitter when they was like, we was talking about the greatest elite scene, elite opening scene. I'm like, it's not elite. I mean, it's it's a good opening scene. It's not elite. There's, you know, there's better ones. But it's not terrible either. I mean, it's just... Everybody throws elite and goat scenes or the best scenes ever. They just throw it out there just to throw it out there because they were just attaching it to it. To me, I mean, it's a it's a good opening scene. I, I think they could have kind of, like the nurse thing, I guess they had to plant that in there for her later. I think they could have trimmed about like 10 minutes out of it. And just imagine if you just went in there, she came straight home, you know, showed her just coming off her shift, going straight home, and then the chaos ensued. Then I think it would just got straight to the point. Bam, 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 would have made it better. Good, Mike. Okay, my now my only comeback against you on that, Drew, is we're looking for character development, like we talk about, and at least that nursing scene is trying to lay some groundwork on character development. Right. So while while it is a little slow, I agree with you. I agree with you. It it's at least trying to put us in a real world situation instead of this crazy zombie movie that we're about to get on like it's literally the original on steroids and and cocaine so we're trying to like get a little bit of human groundwork laid is all i think again i don't disagree with you i I just that's how i took it was okay they're trying to humanize her a little bit and she needs to be a nurse later on in the movie i guess so it's trying to to get you to give a shit about the main character like if she was in all this peril and all this danger and you had just seen her just now you know, it's a lot less chance of you giving a shit, you know, based on the fact that you just right. watched her for 10 minutes, you know, live a normal life, I guess. That's that's what I think they were getting right. at. And I mean, obviously, you know, whether that hit home with you or not is an own personal opinion. Well, that's Agreed. why. I, right. Agreed. And that's why another scene falls flat later, which we'll, I'll get to. It's good. It's a good scene, but it doesn't it doesn't do what it's supposed to, at least, at least for me. So as far as these scenes go, I love this opening scene. Is it the best ever? No, it's not Scream. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street good. It's not, it's, you know, not Halloween good, but it is really good. It's, um, it is, it, it turns from zero to a hundred and, you know, Mm -hmm. 20 Mm -hmm. seconds. It's very good at doing that. And I love (laughs) every time I watch this movie and see the neighbor get hit with the ambulance, I fucking (laughs) pop, man. I I chuckled when it happened. It's hilarious. It, I know it's a movie, so there are times in this movie, and I think it's good that it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it, and and that's one of those times it definitely doesn't take me out of it. So uh, good, good stuff. And when the man comes around by Johnny Cash being played in the title scene is fucking awesome. Just thought I'd throw that Amen. out. Amen. Go ahead, Brian. What's your thoughts on the opening scene? Yeah, I mean, and and we, I, I know that Drew, I know you got a problem with it being called elite, but I mean, to me. This is is it is in the top ten probably of the of opening horror movie you know ever to me but yeah. you know mm-hmm. and that and that's elite that's elite company to me so that's why I mean 
if it's not in the top 10 for you, then I get it. Or, you know, if it's not in the top 10 for whoever, and obviously that article was Rotten Tomatoes and, you know, you can take it or leave Rotten Tomatoes, whatever you think. But, you know, they, yeah. they did have a lot of, you know, different ones. Like I, I think it had, had Jaws number one and, and, you know, that's awesome, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I would put that at number one. I don't, you know, I don't know if you would or not. So right, right. Um, but, that's always up to interpretation. But yeah. You know they're all going to be contrarian. All those, all those rankings are for sure. Um, I like I like how the movie better than Watch Mojo. Sorry, facts, facts, facts. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I like how it gets you comfortable with this with the normal monotonous night, you know, and then it hits you with bam, it gets you at 100 miles an hour. It's not some slow slow grind you have to get into. And I really, the cinematography mm -hmm. is unmatched in this to me, like from the really overhead good. from the overhead shot of her in suburbia, you know, pulling into the overhead shot of her hitting the bathtub, you know, the wall real hard. And then the, it was the amazing shot of, like you said, the tracking shot of her standing in the front yard, like looking from right to left and looking and watching all of the mayhem just so in front good. of her, knowing that it's happening all over the world and not just here. And, you know, ever, ever, this is a personal thing, but ever since I was a kid, I always, no matter what, when I hear the emergency broadcasting system in a movie, it always kind of gives me a little bit of a, a chill, a little bit of a spine, I guess, because you're, you're in America, you know, you're, you're, it's drilled into you that if you hear mm -hmm. that it's like mass chaos and you just never hear it in real life. So whenever I hear it to me, that always, that always gives me a little bit of chills there. And, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, just like with the overhead tracking shot and shit crashing and just complete mayhem, you know, I put on, I put on my notes, D way gif. I love it. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> who's that? But, uh, who's, who's that? Listen to him. Um, I will say there's a, a the scene in the director's cut that's uh, not in the original theatrical one in this particular group of them here where uh, there's just when she crashes, she's uh, there's a woman just walking, just completely naked, walks up to the to the car, looks at her like bloody walks off. So I guess it was just kind of a, that's a the one I saw too. Yep. Here's here's some nudity for you. So I guess that mm -hmm. was uh, in there, too. So anyway. Yeah, after that, I just wrote down the opening credits. It just has uh, flash shots of, you know, all the chaos going on. And we have some Johnny Cash playing in the background, which is always good. I like I like the Johnny Cash song because country is elite music. Shout out to Dustin Franklin. Anna wakes up from a, <laughs> Anna wakes up from her car crash, and she has a gun pointed to her head from Officer Kenneth. He tells her to say something, and she just says, please, you know, just verifying that she's not a zombie. And she joins him. They, you know, they're starting to walk around, and then they, they have shots fired at them from Michael, Andre, and his wife, Luda, until they realize they're not zombies as well. Andre tells them not to go that way because, then, you know, there's nothing there, and that they're all going to the mall. When they get to the mall, it's completely vacant, I wrote. They give, all, you know, they give all these, all the stores inside the mall that cop search, you know, Kenneth in front with the shotgun, jumping around corners, being, you know, safe. And I, I Andre gets a scare from an outside zombie, you know, as he's looking outside and one runs up to the door. Michael hears a ruckus in a closet. Let me flip my page. He opens the door and sees a zombie eating another person. It attacks him and the other and the others at the fountains take notice. Out of nowhere, a zombie attacks Luda. Kenneth hits him, you know, with a gun, but tackles him into the fountain. Michael stabs like a broken wood spear through the zombie's skull. I thought that, that kid was pretty awesome. Anna grabs a gun and shoots the zombie in the shoulder. They take off running and get into the elevator. 
when it opens, there are three other security guards with guns pointing at them. And they all the security guards say they got to go find somewhere else to stay. And she, you know, she gets them to let them stay. Andre gives up his gun so they can stay with him. All of them are watching the chaos on the news. Anna patches up Candace's wounds. Andre discovers Luda has been scratched. You know, Anna's in this room, you know, trying to find, you know, the stuff to sew up Kenneth, and she starts breaking out crying. And, you know, they all rush her out of there. CJ and the guards, they find a zombie in the fountain twitching that they had shot in the shoulder, and they finally shoot it through its head and kill it. They shoot another one in the store. A few other, you know, they paint. You know, CJ starts giving out these directions for all of them. And a few others, they're on top of the building. They're painting a huge SOS on top of the mall, asking, you know, trying to make aware of where they are. From the roof, they see zombies approaching them. Then they see someone else on another roof. The sign says, Andy, all alone. And he points at a helicopter, and it just flies over them. Brian, you want to give your thoughts on those two scenes, man? Um, yeah, sure. Well, I kind of got a, I got a, kind of got a good, pretty good bit here. So, um, I'll first, first of all, like, you know, this movie's not that old, but even even now in, in 2020, seeing people in a mall, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, how long before somebody, you know, for, you know, maybe my kids are watching this movie and thinking, you know, malls, like, what the heck is that? So, and I thought about that. I don't know. I thought about that when I was, when they were walking through and you could hear the mall music and stuff just playing in the background. I thought, man, you know, that's, this is going to date itself very quickly. And it already kind of has, honestly, yeah, with, with all, yep. just malls being out. So, um, Ving freaking Rames, man. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, I love, I love him and just about everything he is. And he just plays Ving Rames in every movie that he's been in. So, uh, and I love it. Um, the very beginning there, the Chinese zombie that runs towards them, you know, it's the first time you see the speed and, and the danger kind of that it gives you. And, um, in the director's cut, I know that it's got a lot more gore to that scene apparently than in the theatrical cut, but, but to me, like, I love that. And I love that they're establishing right there that kind of guns don't really do anything to them. Obviously, you have to shoot them through the head, which is kind of a known zombie lore. But, you know, I'm, you know, obviously, you still got to uh, to establish that in there. Um, there's a uh, I kind of thought I kind of thought I wrote down it was super unnecessary for them to throw a toilet through the glass when the dude has a crowbar in his hand. When I was watching <laughs> that, I was like, man, that's that was super unnecessary right there. Um I love that the whole time in the mall that's, you know, building the tension, but you never get, you never get, you know, boring shot. It's, it's panning through gym or the, the same boring shot is what I mean. Like just, just tracking them, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's tracking uh-huh. them through, you're looking through like gym machines and different stores. And, you know, I know Mike said earlier that there's about eight minutes here where there's just not a whole lot of anything, but them walking through the mall and it kind of, it's, it's, you know, I, I can get where it's kind of, getting a little bit monotonous, but I also think that I like the fact that it's kind of building the, the tension and building like, okay, this is a huge gigantic mall and they've got to, they've got to go through and clear it basically. Um, you know, the scene showing them, eyeing what we as an audience has already seen, you know, all over the world, which is a nice little Tom Savini cameo, by the way, as a, as one of the TV announcers where he was talking about, or he was a sheriff on the TV where he was talking about a twitcher. He called him a twitcher. That was a nice little Tom Savini cameo there too. Throw that in there. Um, I love the Andy uh, thing where you kind of meet him and you kind of get attached to his character over this movie, but you never really hear him say anything until it's you know right at his eventual doom. So I think that's some good writing for you to be able to, or me yep. anyway get attached to this character without ever actually you know seeing him 
really talk to and have a whole lot of, of interaction, I guess, with the characters verbally. Um, and the last the last thing I'll say is the panning back shot where they're sitting up on the on the uh, on the top of the roof on the SOS thing. And it's kind of every time it pans back, you get this really loud drum, just boom and then boom. And it pans back and giving you a wider shot of like these are the this is the what they're basically dealing with zombie threats and stuff. I thought it was great. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, this has Ving motherfucking Rames, so yeah, automatically yeah. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Full board, my guy, Ving Rames. Uh, also, we like I mentioned earlier, we get introduced to Redneck Doug Stamper. I think you're, I think you have a serious issue if you don't like Ving Rames. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> what is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Anyway, I'll let you have your piece. So, I agree with you, Brian. They threw the toilet through the window, and it almost took me out of the scene. It came really close to being like, ah, uh, this is a little hokey. But they pick it back up, and I do like the way they build the tension with this and the suspense. It's like, it's a good three minutes with no dialogue. Like, it is all just them walking with music and things crashing around them. Um, but the empty mall is fucking creepy on itself. Like, I kind of... A lot of people don't like one, like you know, one set pieces and stuff like that. I actually think the mall becomes a character in a way in this movie. Oh, yeah, I wrote that same exact thing. Yeah, absolutely and right. I like it for that reason. It's not well. Here we are, green again, but whatever. So, I but it's true though. I do think the mall becomes a character, kind of like the music can in some movies, and so I think it's really well done. Um, I this how to put it this way. The reason I think this goes from horror to action very quickly is because it's what I like to call uh, a trigger fest where every four or five shots is a gunshot scene. And that's fine. I got no problem with that for a movie, but it it's the whole movies this way. And it becomes it's a horror. Yes, but it's got it's got almost like a um, not James Bond. Hell, worse than James Bond. But just as far as there's just so many there's so much gunfighting and stuff, but. Again, you got to shoot the zombie in the head, so I, I get it. Oh, and I'm not going to save it for, for fun facts because it, it's actually really important. I had to look it up. They never say the word zombie in this movie, ever. They never say it. They call them those things or uh, or they're the dead or whatever. They never actually speak the word zombie. So it kind of bothered me the first time I ever watched it. I had to go look it up to see if, if that was just like a creative choice or whatever, and it was a creative choice. Go ahead, Drew. Okay. okay, so so Mike, talking about the gun, the gun part on this. This is uh, 2004. This is America. Guns are fucking everywhere. Did I complain about that? No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about that. You just like how you so many guns, whatever, blah. No, I'm, I'm fine saying with like that. it's it's to be expected in any day. These, especially if it's American, set in America, you well, already know that there's going to be a lot of gunplay in any movie. And I'm fine with that. I just think it's it starts to border on 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 an action thriller. Like, oh, I agree. I almost, agree. I agree. No, I agree. Right, like, you have the right. horror setting in, but I, I feel like you have to kind of take that into effect of the the time right. period you're going to shoot in. Well, of course, so, like of course. your weapon of choice. Would you rather have a katana or a gun? Oh no, it's the right what it's the right way to go. I, I was just pointing it out that it does start to verge on a different. It almost verges on a different genre. Well, even if it's even if it's now, it's realistic. I mean, yeah, yeah it's super real. realistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
So I'll say like with the the, the mall scenes and stuff, like it, uh, if Mike said or whoever said it was monotonous or whatever, I didn't I didn't find the mall scenes to be prolonged or too much. I kind of like the opening how they go into a mall because honestly, that's kind of what like if us four were like in the end of days like this right here, you know, like with a zombie attack, whatever, and like we rolled up into a mall, we already knew right then and there. Uh, we probably need to check everything out we can. So like the different views on it as they're going through it to me made it even better and kind of built it up, built it up there. And you see here and then, uh, you know, the attack with the one zombie. And then, Oh, I will say this. It was kind of odd that, you know, that one zombie, uh, that we learned later on is like the other, um, security guard that they were talking shit about, uh, how like he got shot in the shoulder and then just turned into just a, a standing, twitching statue basically he was just there twitching after he got shot in the shoulder by the shotgun it, it, that, that kind of threw me off a little bit i didn't really grasp that one yeah uh, it didn't really it didn't really explain that like at all because i thought it was maybe because of the water but yeah you're right i don't have any idea if that was because he got shot or because of the water they didn't really explain that part there was a there's an ex- that's extended in the director's cut some but it's just him getting shot more and showing more gore so it didn't explain anything else yeah, I thought that was like when I was sitting there watching, because it's been a little while since I've seen this one. I've seen it like probably three or four times, but like that would just stuck out to me. I was just like, okay, like it was supposed to be something important to go there, but it was right. never really like, oh, yeah. they found out, okay, if we do this, this will like, you know, turn them into a twitcher instead of a runner or whatever. But I, I mean, that's that's, that's kind of nitpicking, but I really, I, I enjoy the mall scenes. Right, back in the mall, CJ, he kind of locks up all the others in this room. And I wrote a shout-out to Ken Foray, the, telev- the televangelist on TV. He's a horror icon. Uh, yeah. It kind of just shows all the people, you know, none of them, they seem to can sleep right now. You know, who could sleep right now after all the shit you just went through? The training security guard lets them out to use the bathroom. And Andre, he tells Kenneth he feels that he's on earth to give his baby everything he never had as a kid. The security guard, he sees his truck on the run on the cameras. They ask CJ, what are they going to do about that? CJ says that he'll kill all of them to stay alive. Kenneth and Michael, you know, they attack the security guards and take the guns. Then you see, like, that big truck outside back down the ramp running over some zombies, which I thought was super cool running them zombies over. They open the door and start shooting those zombies in the head. Like Mike says, kind of kind of an action movie. They run back inside as Andre runs out of out of bullets. Anna checks on the new people's injuries. Kenneth wants to leave, but Steve tells them everyone is dead and Fort was it Fort Pastor? Kenneth says, fuck y'all, I'm leaving. Ken's on the roof and sees Andy with a sign that said that asks info. He tells them no help, Fort Pastor, that everyone's dead. Anna says one man has a bike. Another lady can't walk and looks really, you know, she looks really fucked up, honestly. And she in parentheses, dies on the bed. But then she charges them as a zombie, and Anna stabs her through the head. And it was, you know, that was cool, too. I like all the stabs through the head. It's pretty awesome. Anna, Anna says bites kill them, but they're, but they're bringing, you know, they're brought back to life, too. They say they have to quarantine Frank because he's been bitten. Michael grabs a gun to kill him. His daughter begs them not to kill him. She's crying in his arms. Anna is telling Michael to you know, shout or to shoot all of them now. Andre finds Luda looking at, you know, baby stuff. He asks to see her scratch. She says she can't have the baby now. 
Kenneth shoots Frank. His daughter is seen on camera crying and running away. Brian, do you want to go first on those scenes, bro? Uh, sure. Terry has a great liner at the beginning of this group of scenes where he says uh, he's telling the other security guard, everybody's dead. Your mom, your dad, the fat chick from Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that, that, that cracked me up. Um, there's talking about that evangelistic the evangelist scene there. Um, in the director's cut, it's about 30 seconds, probably a minute longer. And I really like this scene because, I mean. Where he says, like, you know, it ends with when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And I like how everybody starts kind of talking about and discussing religion a little bit here. I mean, yeah, I understand that, you know, religion's kind of a touchy subject and most movies kind of try to stay away from it. But, you know, it's realistic in the end of times or in the end of days and things like in a movie like this, it's realistic that. Number one, people would have guns like we were talking about earlier. And number two, I mean, you start going to whatever belief you have. And I think I really, how this movie really kind of delves into that where a lot of, a lot of them would shy away from. Um, I don't, the, I don't know if you talked to, I don't, I don't remember if you just said it in the, uh, in the breakdown there, of the scenes, but how they brought in that like fat lady. Um, I really think that's dumb as fuck. Like I really, and it's hard for me to kind of believe that they would actually bring in, a lady that looks like that. I mean, I understand that you don't know that these people are turning into zombies that quick or whatever, but she looks like a goddamn zombie. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really, that whole part, I'm not a really big fan of. And you're talking about the real fast with the Mackay Pfeiffer um, baby scene, you know, kind of them establishing that, you know, his girlfriend's pregnant and they've got a baby. There's that whole subplot right there that I don't really like. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, that's that's the one subplot that I think would have really kind of, you know, I could have dumbed down there and got written. But but watching the fat lady turn and sit Undertaker style after she died, that alone was probably probably worth the dumb decision of their dumbass was bringing them in. Because I, I liked watching that and kind of her in sitting up kind of Michael Myers style behind them a little bit there. And the strongest scene to me at all this whole group was, you know, Frank um, getting shot. Frank was in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, if you guys remember that yep. from back in the day. Um, you know, it's it's a really strong scene of of humanity, you know, where 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 they go to kind of shoot Frank, put him out of his misery a little bit. And, you know, you don't see it happen. You, you just hear the screech, you hear the bang, you know what happened and you hear her crying and stuff. And that's there's a little bit it's a little bit longer of a scene in the extended uh, in the extended cut. Um, but I really I really like it a lot. That's that's kind of my thing. And this, like I said, that coming right after the whole televangelist part, I really like how they're kind of tying in religion into this and not shying away from it. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I love the televangelist scene because that's my man Ken uh, Ken Foray, who is Joe Grizzly, bitch. So there's <laughs> so that's always good shit. Love that, um, man. <laughs> You know, I gotta have. Well, any chance I get to have one in a movie, I'm going to. But Anna, hello, how are you? Call me sometime. <laughs> um, so, oh, especially in 04. So what I um, I like, I like most of this stuff. But you're you hit the nail on the head about the subplot with the baby. And to me, the only reason that is there is so we get zombie baby. That's it. Spoiler, yeah. you've never seen it, but it. <laughs> The whole subplot to me was literally building up to the crescendo of having Zombie Baby, which is a cool shot. 
But after uh, after one watch, then it really is a pointless subplot because okay, yeah, like it. wow, like that's and 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 zombie baby's on the screen for all of ten seconds before Anna shoots him in the, or her in the head. So just it's just kind of a pointless subplot that I didn't like either. Kind of made Mackay Pfeiffer's character uh, kind of bland. Like I thought they the, 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 they tried to dive deep into it with him and uh, Ving Rhames, but it didn't really work for me. Like he was trying to become a better person, but in reality, he was kind of just still the same asshole he was at the beginning of the movie, just for different reasons now. So, yeah. so I mean, I I'm not a fan of the character development there, but there are mm-hmm. some good stuff. I love I love the scene with Frank. I think it's great. The only bad thing that falls flat a little bit is we don't know Frank. We've ne- we've never met Frank until 20 seconds ago. So yeah. the it's still emotional. Like it's, it's still really well acted. I think it's still really it, they pull it off, but it would be even more impactful had we got to know Frank just a little bit more. And I think even in the even the extended cut that you're talking about, Brian, they make you spend a little time with it. Him a little daughter. bit, a little bit more, yeah. So you do get a little bit more of a tie, but in the ori- original cut, you get nothing. So I totally get why someone yeah. might not be so attached to that character. But overall, this is where the movie kind of starts to take a a uh, what's what I'm looking for. It it turns from having a real plot to just seeing if if they it, it can start one up in the scene from the last scene. Like it kind of wants to level up a little bit here and there. So. There's some of that, but I don't mind that. That doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it. It's a good, fun, entertaining way to do it. But again, I can't get over it. And the actor's name is Michael Kelly, which is CJ. Still, Redneck Doug Stamper is the best character in this movie. He's the one with the most character development. He starts out as a complete fucking prick and ends up being a damn hero for the most part, dude. Like, he really comes around, uh, you know, and, and helps everybody out. So I think he's got a lot of character development. Just throughout that short little time, we don't know a lot about him. But we see him change over time. So I like these scenes for that reason. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with uh, with uh, Brian on how they just like focus in on the how this the big lady. That's all I'm gonna say is the big lady. How she turns into it. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. I'm just like. How she sits there and she's just like watching. Her. She's like, "Oh, well, this is weird." You know, she's got this infection, but like it's she's cold. She's like, you know, that's where they, the the nurse part come in. You know, it's like, oh, this isn't normal. This isn't normal procedures when it comes to somebody's being sick. You know, usually when they're sick and they're usually burning up with a fever, blah blah blah. But she was cold, and then like <laughs> when she just like stopped and then throw up and then just started like charging. I was like, oh, okay, 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 <laughs> get her. And um, it might have been a little bit more believable if she hadn't have been so damn like if she'd have looked a little bit more normal. But goddamn, she already looked like a zombie when they brought her. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like the the veins, like varicose veins all over her face. Like come on, like you knew she was already turned. But then again, it was like you got to think of this. Like I don't really think they knew exactly how it how it transpired yet. You know, so it was kind of like a, a a moment of realization. They're like, oh, okay, so this is what's happening. So this is where we're going from. So we know if they get yeah. cut, bit, whatever, you have this window. But it kind of shits itself because when uh, at the beginning when her, I guess, boyfriend, fiance or whatever, yeah. he turned like, what, 30 seconds later after he got bit by a little girl from down the street? 
Well, he so bled out. No, he bled out and died it. like that, though. He bled out, I think, and died. That's so. I think that I was, was going to say the difference. That, that's where they're trying to do the. And you're right, Drew. I kept thinking that myself. I'm like, how come this this group turns quick and this group takes a long time? But it's on the severity of the bite. It's yeah. on the severity of the bite is what ends up happening because a lot of them bleed out, become infected, and die quick. Some of them take a really long time if it's just one little, you know, quick bite. It takes longer to get into the system. That's and the I, way that I. I, took, I mean, I get right. that, but like they didn't show that with him. Like, right. In the no. Beginning. Right. Like, it didn't yeah. show him dying out. And then like, guess right. what? I'm reanimated. I'm back in this joint. So that's the only thing. But again, right. no, like, it's, that's me nitpicking. That's me nitpicking. Yeah. No, no, like, you just follow along. No, it's with not it, a nit. No, that's you don't not think a about nit- it. That's no, not a nitpick. That's a legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and, outside yeah. outside of that, like I, to be honest with you, my favorite character is not even the main character from the girl from the very beginning. Mine's what? actually CJ, like from like start yeah. to finish. His his he's my yeah, favorite yeah. character. It's the one and only character arc that I followed along. It was just like, okay, so he started off as a total douchebag that had you know was a security guard. Also, how many mall cops are rolling with guns? Obviously, <laughs> I think I they vis- I, I think like, they visited the sports the sports store. I think before they, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they were carrying. I, that's that's the way I kind of had it in my head. Cannon. My favorite part is he started out as a mall security guard. And by the end of this movie, he's John Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, it's fucking it's hilarious. But and I, there, go ahead. I was just okay. gonna say, like to finish up mine. I was just like, uh, I love these scenes. I love the 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 flow of it. Uh, I really don't get the uh, what Mike was saying. Like you know, they were trying to top scene by scene by scene. I didn't get that. I just thought it was a very good flow to these scenes that led up to the next part. I was just going to say that, like, the talk about the CJ character development. There's actually four, I think, scenes that are in the director's cut that show him you know, a, a different side to him, how it's not, he's not just an asshole at the beginning. It kind of right. shows some signs here that lead you to believe that he's not just an asshole. And so like, I wish that they would have left those scenes in the, uh, in the original cut. And, and by the way, one more little thing, early fun fact, fat lady played by a man. Boom. Okay. Let's do this. Really? Yeah. Damn. Wow. Did not know that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mike with the the great fun facts. <laughs> that one, uh, Buffalo Bills nipples, prostate man, he just bring the good ones to us. <laughs> I know, I know, y'all were wanting to know, so I had to tell you. Uh, this next scene is a little little break in action. I think Andy has a new sign for Ken. They're playing chess via whiteboard signs, and then you know, there's a whole. I wrote down there's a whole parking lot full of zombies trying to get after him. Then I just wrote all of them inside start living life. That some of them are having sex, they're watching TV, playing basketball, you know, living their best life as they can in the in the circumstances they have. And then Andy, you know, he's sniping people that they pick on the whiteboard, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, after this, they're all having this. I wrote in parentheses to get to know each other conversation over dinner. And then suddenly the power goes out, and I wrote Luda goes into labor. Her scratch has turned her into a zombie. Kenneth, Michael, and two guards, they go to find the generators. They see blood on the walls. Then, you know, they, they, they stop and pause, and they look around. They see something running, and then a dog shows up. 
But then out of nowhere, like Randy Orton, a zombie comes from above and attacks a guard. And the room <laughs> is full of zombies. And, you know, they, they kind of go into this protected area where they're inside of a fence that they close. And Michael sprays gas all over them and they light them on fire. And they're shooting them with shotguns through the fencing and all. It's, it's pretty intense. I like it. We're back with Luda and uh, Andre. Luda dies in parentheses, like I said, but the baby is still moving inside her stomach. Luda wakes up as a zombie. Andre shoves a belt in her mouth, you know, just so she can give birth. Anna tells Norma that she's going to go check on Luda, but Norma says she'll go instead. You know, Anna just says, if you need me, come get me. Luda is giving birth. She walks in and sees Andre holding the baby. She sees that Luda is a zombie. She kills it, but he shoot he she kills she shoots Andre, but you know, they both shoot each other basically back to back. And Anna sees the baby is a zombie, and you hear a gunshot. They don't show, you know, they're not gonna show a baby getting shot because I don't think two thousand four was brave enough. Then I just wrote they put all the bodies underneath sheets in the middle of the mall. Do y'all got any uh my let you go first. What's your thoughts on those things, man? Yeah, cowards. Kill the baby, you cowards. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, ain't nobody want to see that I'm shit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, head stomp it like a Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so, just savage. This is, so, outside, because I don't care, so I really don't care about this baby subplot, and I started to kind of put it together when you realized that, that um, his wife is cut or had, or had been bitten. You realize that in that moment, I'm like, well, she's turning into a zombie. So I could kind of see where this was headed. And when her bare stomach is kind of laying out a couple scenes before, you see the blue veins. And I kind of started to think they're going to make this baby a damn zombie. Like, I, I mean, the first time I ever the, the first time I ever watched it. So I, I saw that kind of coming. And because of that subplot, man, these scenes fell. The scenes just fell flat to me. I'm not a fan of unnecessary deaths like if we're doing carnage candy like a like a movie that's that's it's whole it's sole purpose is to just kill as many fucking things as it as you possibly can if that's like you know a cheesy horror movie in that way okay i get it but in this movie you have two characters die for what i like to consider no reason not even by the zombie both were just gunshots and i just don't know if it's I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of that decision either, but his character is so irrelevant by this time to me, I guess it really doesn't matter because they, they, they don't, that's the one thing this movie doesn't do is make me attached to the characters. These couple scenes that you just talked about kind of show that. So, and by the way, the on-screen, on-screen chemistry between the person who plays Anna and, man, I'm drawing a blank on the name, See, that, that lets you know. And the person who plays Michael, I don't see it. So their whole faux relationship thing, I, I wasn't buying that either. <laughs> oh, Jake. Jake is his name and a character name. Oh, yeah, Jake. Sorry. Uh, well, the montage with the Down With The Sickness remake. with uh, oh, Love know, it. That, that whole thing. And then, you know, how it's showing the, the uh, I love the game where they're shooting the celebrity lookalike zombies. It's, it, you know, yes. this, this to me is you, you're establishing, you know, the monotony that's going on. You're kind of passing the time by showing a little bit of fun stuff and kind of a day-to-day life instead of just, you know, boom, jumping to the next scene, which is, I, I understand how you can kind of say that, say that this is an action movie because there's action parts, but it seems like this, it seems like the mall scene at the beginning. Right. It seems like, 
it's things like that that I think are more are, are less I want to say less actiony, but you know, I, it's a zombie movie too. I right, mean, right. you know, I like this better than the I'm held up like the old school one. I'm gonna make some yep. people mad, the fans of the old school one, but the old school one where you're held up, you got two or three zombies trying to break in and oh, they grab an arm, and you know, it's like I like this. You know, I'd rather have some slow parts with some action than just that, I guess, right. to me. Um, I, I really, I liked the the whole, that whole dinner scene had the whole Last Supper type vibes. And and that's good because after this, like shit, it shit hits the fans a hundred miles an hour from here after the rest of the movie. So I like that. Alien did it. You know, you, you kind of, you get some character development. You kind of find out a little bit here about some more, you hear about this. So I, I do respect I understand how some don't get the, the the screen time and the character development, but I do respect James Gunn, Zack Snyder for trying to to make you give a shit about these characters, make you know a little bit more about these characters in a scene like this, whereas you know it maybe wouldn't happen before. Um, the parking garage scene is the last thing I'll talk about here. Um, you know, it's it's typical. You know, almost all get eaten, go out and do a job trope. You know, it's good. I mean, it's well done. It's nothing to really write home about, you know, which is a good thing. I mean, you don't fuck those those kind of scenes or in every horror movie. You don't fuck those scenes up. So, you know, I, I it was good that I, I, I liked the zombie falling from the ceiling thing. People uh, of old school horror zombie movies wouldn't like that. But I like it because it's something different, something you've never seen from a zombie happen before and things like that. So. You know, that, that's where I am. Go ahead, Drew. So, yeah, so I, I like the, uh, the relationship between Kenneth and Andy. Yes. On, Glad on you the said top, that. Going back and forth, yeah. to me, I, I, I really enjoyed that because that'd be something that I could see myself doing. Just like you see this over here and, like, you want to communicate. And, you know, you kind of can – you kind of see how, like – Brian was saying break, breaking up the monotony of you know being stuck in a, a mall can't do anything because everything's going out on the side. So you have this real like you know walkie talkie type like talking through the can with the string you know from across the street, you know. So those are uh, I felt I felt that connection that they were wanting to build between those two characters and like I owned it. I was right there with it. And then, um, you know, you know, playing the games and all the other stuff, like, I totally get it. So I understand that when I had no problem with those, uh, those scenes at all. And then, like, uh, Brian also said, I was talking about, like, you know, the Last Supper deal, I, like, it's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, oh, you know, they had this little, you know, meal together, and then it's like, nonstop, here we go. Balls to the wall. All so gas, no break. You get that yeah. normal, okay, here we go. Here it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're good to go. And then, bam, Monday is right here, right in your fucking face. Let's go. I, I, I loved how they loved how they did those. Hey, real quick, before you go back, I wanted to touch. I'm glad you touched on that relationship between Andy and Kenneth. It's great. Yeah. Like, it, it's a really fun part of the movie that I'm glad they I'm glad they went with. I'm not 100% thrilled with how they ended it, but I guess there really was no other way you could get that, so that's okay, too. Um, I uh, I also love the dinner scene. I meant to touch on it. I just forgot to um, – I think it's a real nice calm before the storm. It humanizes them just a little bit. So like you said, you know, we complained about character development, but like Brian said, at least we're getting something because mm-hmm. we're – because even the first time I watched it, I know we're probably about to lose some of these people. Like – yeah. Or 
some of these people are not going to be here until the end. So it was nice to kind of get to see them all interact one last time like that. So, and by the way, um, geez, what's his, I'm trying to think of the actor's real name. I've, I apologize. So, oh, here it is. Ty Burrell plays a great asshole. Anyway. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I couldn't think of his name on top of my head for some reason. All right, boys. These are the last two scenes. So there's going to be a lot of it here, but this is this is some good stuff. Kenneth gives a motivational speech. He says, waiting to die is worse than death. Michael says that he could reinforce the buses. And then Steve jokes, hey, why don't we just go to the marina? We can take our my boat out. And Ken says, but, you know, they actually like, like hey, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. But uh, <laughs> Ken says they got to go get Andy. They're adding on a plow to the front of the bus. They're adding barbed wire to the top from that fenced-in area from where the generators were. And, you know, they're doing some – I wrote down they're doing some bullet inventory. Ken and Andy, they exchanged signs, five more days, hungry. And I wrote down Anna and Michael, they seem to like each other. Uh, they, discuss uh-huh. how to, they discuss how to get Andy some food. Ken has idea to attach food to the dog. The zombie, they drop, the, you know, they they lower the dog down with some food attached to it. The zombies don't mess with the dog, but however, the zombies do get through the doggy door whenever they let the dog in. They radio to Andy. He says he got bit. Then Nicole drives that truck over there to Andy's. Ken tells her to get out now, and I wrote with stars beside it. Never try to save a dog in a zombie movie. You just let that fucker die. <laughs> no offense, Peter. A few of the guys they get to the. Sh- they get to the street through the sewers. There's a quick fight with the zombies, and they get inside. Ken blows Andy's head off, and it's a really sad moment. You know, they get Nicole out. They all make it to the sewer, but the zombies follow them as well. They make it back to that door, but Steve isn't holding the door like he's supposed to. The door gets overrun by zombies. They get to the elevator, and then I wrote nice elevator music in, in the middle of this intense scene. <laughs> right. They make, they make it to the buses. The buses are swarmed by zombies. They shoot through the fencing that they put around these the buses. CJ throws a propane tank at the zombies and shoots it with a shotgun. The buses get through. You know, there's a there's a straggler hanging on the back of the bus. The old guy kills the young girl with the chainsaw. Poor girl. Ken flips the Ken flips the bus. They ditch the bus and run. Now Steve is a zombie and Anna shoots him. Then somehow they keep the zombies out of the bus. I don't know how they did that. Anna grabs the the uh, the yacht keys. Uh, Ken crashes the bus into the dock. They run to the yacht. CJ blows himself in the bus up because he's trapped in the bus. You know, like Mike said, he becomes a hero. They all get on the yacht, but Michael reveals he got bit. Anna doesn't want him to leave, and he pushes them off the dock. And you know, they got that last little sad moment. You know where. They hold each other's hand as long as they possibly can. Then it shows, it doesn't show it, but Michael points a gun towards him and you hear a gunshot. Then the ending credits show them arriving at a dock because they ran out of gas and they get chased and they get charged by zombies and then the camcorder just drops. So it's, it's a pretty uh, intense uh, last couple of scenes. Let's let Brian go last into this movie. Mike, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, I really like how they used the dog whose name is slipping me. I meant to, I meant to remember the name of that damn chips. That's it. Yeah. Him. So I love how that's a really creative thing 
uh, that they did there. I really thought that that was good. What I don't like and is, to this day, one of the fucking dumbest things anyone has ever done in any movie of all time is that girl driving the damn truck to the other building to get a dog. Dogs are awesome. We don't deserve them. But when we're talking about impacting eight, seven, eight other humans that are standing right here next to me or one dog, come on now. I mean, I know that that girl had been through a lot. She'd been through a lot. She lost everybody in her family, but same way that everybody else there had had probably also lost everybody in their family. I'm just saying that is a that's that's oh, it made me so mad. I'm willing to forgive it because there's some good stuff that comes after. So it's not. Well, hey, you gotta world. you gotta think you gotta think though. I mean, you got a group of people, and in a group of people like that, you have dumb ass people. There's oh, at least yes. gonna be two or three people <laughs> in a group. So it's realistic that there's oh, gonna be absolutely. some dumbass. Oh, there's be definitely gonna be dumbasses in the group. I mean, look oh. at Mike in our group. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Only a dumbass doesn't think Scream's a horror movie. So, anyway. I uh, love you, Mike. Uh, uh, fuck yourself. So, anyway. <laughs> as I was saying, I I love the van scenes. I think all I think everything with the van scenes is good. This is where it kind of becomes an action movie for me, though. Like, but it's good. It's not bad. It doesn't... I'm not shitting on it. It's still all really good shit. I, you know, I'm kind of glad that... Oh, old gay guy and and young girl got killed because even though I don't like pointless death, their characters were kind of pointless throughout the whole movie. I mean, the one girl's in there so she can show her boobs earlier. And then the and the old guy in there, I really don't I still don't know why he was there, other than a small comedy relief when he's talking to uh to redneck Doug Stamper in the holding cell or whatever, he's telling him about how he knew he was gay. That's the only two <laughs> things I remember about those characters. So um yeah, like you said uh, I love I love redneck Dan, uh redneck Doug Stamper's character the way he finishes the way he rent or he sacrifices himself so everyone else can keep going thought that was really cool um love the character arc I like that so I like the fact that uh Jake stays behind like I think that that you know was a moment it's almost it's a little unnecessary but I still like it I, I think it plays really well it makes him look a little better and and you know humanizes everyone else at least one more time. I was shocked the first time I ever saw this that they still ended up all dead. <laughs> like I'm watching this whole movie and they get on this boat and I'm like, okay. The ones I liked for the most part, minus a redneck duck stamper, win uh, you know they win. They they make it. Nope. Nobody fucking makes it. Everybody dies. Pretty awesome. And um uh, yeah. I was shocked, but I thought I think it's great because not every movie needs a happy ending. I mean, it's kind of what horror should be about anyway. Is still still having horror throughout the whole movie, so I was good with that. So I'll, I'll say this: uh, I loved I love these scenes. I love these finishing scenes here at the end. Uh, I'm not against the action scenes in a horror movie because I, really? I actually think they do really well, especially in this one. Especially in this one, I'll say in this oh, one. No, these here, were great, great. They, uh, to me, they add something into it that keeps me interested in it instead of another thing. And of course, like like I said, this the uh, character arc where he's just like, you know what, y'all go. I'm gonna, you know, unload my, you know, I'm fixing to go, ta 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 ta, you know, take everybody out, and then you know, fires off the propane tank to kill off everybody around them. Just shows you 
how he went from being just that, you know, a security mall cop to being like, oh, these guys gave me an extra chance. They, they, uh, you know, they embraced me. I'm going to give them the best chance I can. You know, that's some, that's some real epic hero shit right there. Cause like, do you think I, I don't know if I could ever do that to yeah. just be like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice myself, take as many of these guys off just so they, they can get closer to where they need to be. That's, that's a big pill to fucking swallow right there. That's, that's some real man shit right there. there you go. Uh, but I, I love these. I love this scene. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, it just, I, the the run the run from <laughs> the only nitpick I guess I got is the run from the the buses. The run from the buses was like so drawn out almost. I'm just like, man, this dude could have totally just like went right with them and they would have all been fine. But I know that kind of takes away from it. They can't all be fine. You have to have some, you have right. to have some, you know, casualties in the war. That's just the way it is. War has always got casualties. So he had to be the casualty. And another point I'll say, like, the the building of these buses was probably some another one of my favorite scenes yep. in this yeah, like How they're, like, you know, just building it together, blah, blah, blah. They never, like, tell you how long they took to build this. But, you know, it took, like, days. It took days and oh, days. Yeah, easily. But then it rolled out. It was, like, you know, just a juggernaut on wheels. Uh, I was I was a bit annoyed how the death in the buses happened because again it was one of them elongated ones. Like he trips and he's got the saw. And he's like, oh, right into the the shoulder. Uh, yeah, did not like that one at all. Did not like that at all. Just do, do something else. Somehow or another, somebody else got it in there. It could have done better. I agree with that 100%. Yep. Yeah, so um, as far as I, as far as far ending scenes for me, um, I, I really, again, this kind of picks up with the, the Andy and uh, Kenneth, you know, relationship too. I really like how... You the first time you hear Andy's voice is on that walkie-talkie, and but you already have a relationship with him, kind of, you know, just from just from the signs, just from reading the signs back and forth. And it was really cool how they how they did it, where you could hear the whole scene with I think her name's Nicole, the girl that went to go get the dog. Um, I, I really like how how you could hear her and her whole interaction over there, and her finding Andy and and everything that's going on, and you're hearing it all through the walkie-talkie and not seeing it. To me, that that's that's good i didn't need to see that and i really it was really good you know use of of the uh, walkie-talkie there um and then you got you know andy walking up and just you just see him do the sign one last time and it's just got blood smears so you know he's a zombie and you're just like fuck like yep. it's, it's very effective to me yeah for sure um uh, it's a very cool tracking scene too for cinematography as it follows CJ as he's going through the gun shop and he's going through the truck and then boom he's back out in the, into the uh, into the road where there's just mayhem and shit just going on all around him too. I really thought that was really cool because you experienced all that and you experienced the the change and it this is weird this is really weird comparison to me but it's like whenever I every time ever since I was a little kid and I'd walk up. You know, you're under doke and you get you walk up the the stairs and you're just like, boom. And then it's the crowd and the fans and it's just huge and electric. Like that's the feeling that it gave me 
looking through CJ's eyes the whole time as they tracked from the gun shop to the truck to the outside, you know, into the into the road there. Um, and I really did like how you got CJ dragging. Um, his name's uh, I think it was Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Um, Boyd Banks. He's the guy. He he was actually in Jason X. Um, that shit hole of a movie. And he was in uh, Land of the Dead remake after this too. But um, I really like how they got how CJ has him dragging him almost like Vasquez in Aliens, um, the second movie there. How you know he's kind of he's hurt, but he's still back there. He's just dragging. Him. He's still back there shooting and and handling business. Uh, I really liked that. And I don't know, because I've only got this director's cut, and it did say that it was different. But uh, is it Jake? Jake's death um, on the dock, did it actually show him blowing his head off, like putting the gun up to his chin and shooting up through his head? Because it said in the director's cut, it actually it did, yeah. and it does do yeah. that. And yeah, so I wasn't sure if the theatricals showed that or not. So, um, I, And that was really... Honestly, as much time as you spend with Jake, that was actually a pretty emotional, you know, yep. effective scene as well. So, um, yeah, I loved it. And 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 I know I, I know it's got more action and I almost think it feels like that because you have on almost every horror movie, almost the third act is right. is yeah. is actiony. You know, yeah. I mean, you're getting away from the killer. It just so happens that the killer in this movie is four million zombies that are running after you. So, I mean, I can, I, I would, I, I don't have to suspend belief to believe that the action would be way more than it would be, you know, in normal horror movies. So that's just kind of my opinion on it. So are, are we going to, are we going to discuss as a family how <laughs> the found footage at the end of this? I no? didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with it. I don't well, no, it's I just not really was, anything I, I was think about. I thought it was kind of uh an interesting way to do it. Like, you know, you're at the end of the movie and it's like it breaks it up. I'm I didn't say it was bad. I just right. like, I kinda wanna discuss it because why would you do that and you not follow it up? But fun fact, they were gonna follow it up, yep. but it got canceled. Yep, yep, I was gonna say they were gonna follow it up and no. But in the DVD extras, there's they show like a whole like there's a couple different things, and I know there's more found footage stuff like that in there, and I don't know if you, I don't know if Brian has the DVD or Blue Air or whatever is on that, but I remember renting a DVD that had the extras on it back in the day, yeah. where it had the entire movie from Andy's perspective. That's a cool fucking bit. If you get a chance, go watch that. It's basically Andy's video diary. And you get to know that character, and you get to know everything from the other side. It's actually really, it's kind of a cool thing. It's actually really good character work. Y'all got any more final thoughts before we jump into fun facts or something? I want to give Anna credit at the very end, whenever she runs off with the yacht keys and she puts the Reggie Bush on the zombies and gets away. Yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to her. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, who's got fun facts? I've only got two of them wrote down. I've got I don't have. This isn't really a fun fact, but I'll in there too that there's not really. I mean, I know that there was a sequel that was supposed to be made and it got canceled, but right now in post production, it was a seventy million that Zack Snyder made is is making. And I don't even know Army of the Dead, and it's got uh, Dave Bautista in it. Yeah. Um. So so I mean I don't know when this is supposed to come out. I don't see anything about that, but uh, um, you know that's I I'm excited about that. I agree. I agree. Now that I know. <laughs> Anytime a remake gets a sequel, it's 
it means that that remake was probably pretty good. So that should be a sign. Yeah. Texas I'll, just go, ahead, I'll go ahead and read yep. uh, my two uh, fun facts off, then y'all can go after me. I'll, like I said, I only got two. Uh, this was kind of interesting to me. Heather Langenkamp, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, was on production crew. I didn't know that, uh, but as I was watching, you know, the found footage stuff, I was, you know, just kind of looking at the, you know, the credits. I was like, hold up, hold up, rewind that. That name looks familiar. It's like, okay, Heather Langenkamp's in this one. Okay. Yep. And then the the last one I got is, although he had strong reservations about some elements, George A. Romero professed professed to to being surprisingly impressed with the film. And I got those off IMDb. Uh, Whoever else has fun facts, just go ahead. I mean, I already talked about mine, the one about the uh, the sequel that got planned. But uh, there's also talks that Netflix is, uh, is picking it up. So it could still happen. Okay. okay. I, I mean, last I, I read earlier in an article that said Netflix was in talks of picking this up, this sequel up in uh, last year. So whether it's stalled or whatever, but the way streaming service is going now, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, sequels of movies and shows or whatever oh, yeah. that's going to be happening true. on a lot of them. Very true. Yep. I have some fun facts. I'll go uh, real quick. brother. Um, as many as 50 makeup artists would work on the, the zombie transformations at a time. So whenever they have like those big walk-up scenes where there's a bunch of zombies all at once, there's about at least 50 makeup people on the set that day. Um, the clothing store is named Galen Ross. She was an actress in the 1978 original film, uh, the the original Dawn of the Dead. They they used a mall that was that had already shut down. So even in 2004, this mall had shut down. They used it to shoot this movie, and then they plowed it to the ground after. So again, you're right. Mall kind of a dated reference at the end of the day. Um, let's see. Uh, Starbucks refused to be in the movie. <laughs> So the, the coffee shop ended up being named Hallowed Grounds, which is from when the man comes around the Johnny Cash song. It's it's from that song. Uh, let's see. There was so much fake blood used in this movie that they had a blood cart on set at all times. I believe that. Kyle Cooper, the film's title designer, used real blood in the film's opening and closing credit sequences. That's fucking gross. Um Unlike Rennie, I already talked about how that, so, yep, that's it. Okay, yep, that's all I got. Brian, you got any fun facts? No, the only different, only thing I have is, you know, kind of a little bit of the differences that I, that I haven't already talked about in the director's cut and the theatrical, um, which, uh, do you want me to go ahead and go over those, or? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so I've already gone over the naked person in the beginning. Um, there's a whole, there's a 13 second scene that it shows Anna and Kenneth just kind of walking you know, before they meet up with the, that other group, um, we're just walking through with um, like a playground, I guess, just kind of showing that I guess they're alone and kind of the vastness of I don't know. I don't, I'm glad I'm, that was one that was didn't really need to be in there. But, uh, you know, then there's a whole the whole scene like I, t- I touched on with the kind of the Chinese zombie that uh, there's a lot more gore added to that. There's a lot more um, uh, shots, even from Mackay Pfeiffer to, to other zombies that were coming um, there is an extended scene, uh, whole with blood spattering in, in another one of the scenes with the zombies. Um, oh, this was an, I meant to, I meant to touch on this and they're in the very first group of scenes, but how dumb was it that Jake had a damn crowbar 
and then switched it to a, like a croquet mallet to try to mm-hmm. fight a damn zombie. That's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. But there's an extended scene where uh, CJ actually goes and kills that zombie that, you know, actually got in a fight with uh, with Jake with a croquet mallet. But that was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> there's some more there's some more. Um, I don't know, group building, kind of character building, dynamic scenes. There's a whole two minute scene where it's got all of them um, in a, in in a I want to say a bedroom, but it's the it's the uh, part of the mall where it's showcasing a bed, and they're all kind of being held by CJ anyway. And there's a whole like two minute scene of them in there just talking and kind of building up each other's relationships a little bit, talking about you know I think Mackay Pfeiffer has more of a a criminal background and. And, uh, you know, old dude Jake, I think, used to work at Best Buy and just just things like that, kind of building that up. Um, there is a 37 second thing I touched on with the televangelist talking more that I think was very much more effective than the theatrical version. Um, there's, you know, another scene with extended lady or extended scene with Jake and the old woman takes a little bit longer. That didn't really need to be in there. And but most important scene with uh, um, the daughter um yep. and the father kind of making it more emotional that's like it's almost 45 seconds long that's a difference so that's a kind of a big drastic difference and when yep. you're trying to build up build up emotion on something too um there's a couple of other scenes honestly that are kind of just wasted not really a big deal the biggest thing to me i'll just go ahead and jump to it um oh well there's a uh, way more bullets be- exchanged beside between uh, the old woman and and Mackay pfeiffer's character um whenever she kind of confronts him about the baby um, shows her getting blasted away a little bit more and um, the actual shooting of the baby zombie lasts longer there's a whole close-up view of the baby's eyes and everything uh, with the gun going up to the baby's head and everything that they cut out it was like 11 seconds that they cut out there and uh yeah, there's some more uh anna and michael kissing each other scene um some more zombie gore mostly in the zombie fighting scenes and like, uh, I'll just go ahead and jump to the end. But like I said, at the end, uh, the, the theatrical version and the uh, director's cut are much different as as it sh- as it has an addition, a whole additional scene of Jake blowing his head off with the gun through uh, through his chin. All right. So what I'm going to say here is like uh, this is the, only, the fun fact or whatever. So like the the great tagline uh, in the, the movie where he's like. When there's no room, no more room in hell, the dead yes. will the dead will walk the earth. As catching and unforgivable as it is, Romero doesn't recall any grand moment of inspiration. He was just drunk one night trying to get the script finished. I just made it up, truly, on a drunken night when I was really crashing to finish the script, and I thought that was kind of nice. And that's per <laughs> mentalfloss.com on this. I thought that was hilarious because it's awesome there's been quite a few nights that i have been drunk but i have never come up with something as beautiful as that (laughs) (laughs) i come up with beautiful stuff every time i'm drunk i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) hey so real quick before we go i this was a perfect time for me to bring this up for whatever reason horror is the genre that is most associated with director's cuts for whatever mm-hmm. reason that is, I don't know why, but there's so many different versions of our favorite films out there. I just always, it's just something I find really interesting about the horror genre because nine times out of 10, the perfect movie 
when you watch both, the perfect movie is a mix of both cuts somehow. Like the theatrical may not satisfy you in some ways. The director's cut may not in some way. When you put those two together, kind of like the Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 6, you get a much better movie than either one of the actual films we got. So I'll, I always just find it horror for whatever reason. It's just catch a director's cut, catch a director's cut. Damn it. Give me the real fucking movie the whole time. That's all I'm saying. Right, yeah, just exactly. drop it to me. Like those are, I'm right over there with you, Mike. I, if you're going to have a director's cut, let that be the actual cut of the movie. Like oh, let yeah. it be what they wanted it to be. Like, I don't like these four or five different versions of the same movie. Like, let me see the best version that you've got. Well, you know, this is a Zack Snyder thing, too. No, I know. I, mean, like, I know. Almost every Zack Snyder film has a director's cut. And almost I cannot think of a time that I've watched one of his films, whether it was Batman or Superman or Watchmen or all of them. Uh-huh. To me, the director's cut are 10 times better than the one we got in the theater. So I don't know why the hell we never get those in the theater unless, you know, I want to say, oh, maybe the studio's cutting him up from under his feet. But it can't be because it's every goddamn movie Zack Snyder does. So right. it's got to be him. Well, he he's a he's a different cat anyway. So that doesn't surprise well, me. He, pro- <laughs> he drops some good ones. He does. He drops a good yes, one. He does. Yes, he yes, does. He does. The only explanation I have for uh, the horror thing, Mike, is you know sometimes you got to take kills out or gore out just to you know be able to put it in the theater. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. True. Because sometimes it might feel like an NC seventeen or right. That, that, something, you know, well, or what, you want it to be PG thirteen. You know, yeah, because you're not going to make the money. Of. You're not going to make the money if you go to up to that R rated version, right. which is terrible because. I think that kind of takes away from the movie itself because, like, once you go from that PG-13, like, if I see a, a horror movie that's PG-13, I'm like, it could have been better. It yeah, could have been better right off the bat before oh, you even seen the movie. Absolutely. I, and know, I, yeah. I know several Friday the 13th movies had to, you know, censor their kills up so they could make it to the theater. Jason well, goes to hell. That's a different time. Like, you yeah. now, like, nowadays, like, some of the movies that uh, back in the 80s and 90s, what they were censored for? Could you imagine if they were censored the same way now? Oh, we would yeah. have terrible no, they, movies. Terrible. No, they, hell, Die they Hard, that, Lethal right. Weapon, right? All Demolition Man, all this, all the old, you know Rambo's back in the day. All those would have been cut to, to pieces. Right. And again, it's. I know this is not an episode about Scream, but you know Wes Craven had to keep cutting and cutting and cutting, and finally he just sent what he originally had, and they just said. And they slapped already on it. Like, so he had his original version. He had to keep sending it in and sending it in and sending it in. And finally, he's like, fuck it. He, he sends him back the original one and they give him the thumbs up, the approval. So I guess <laughs> we finally got to see what that movie was supposed to be. I'm glad they didn't hack it. It would have it made me very sad. That reminds me, this is not a horror movie story. I used to have a boss that it would not matter what graphic or anything that i made he would have to just because he was had that whole power mentality he had to say all right we'll change this first i would send him something i got to the point where i would literally send him something he would say all right we'll change this change this i would send him the exact thing back and he would be okay great that looks great that's so, ah, so wow. i totally get it <laughs> right. oh. you're ready to jump into our favorite kill least favorite killing rating yeah uh, I'll go first. I'll just go ahead and get mine out of the way since I've I've been kind of quiet all week about how I 
about my thoughts on the movie. My favorite kill is when Michael uh, kills a zombie with that broken croquet uh, putter or whatever. The when he shows the spike to his head, I thought that was really cool. Least favorite kill, I watched you know just the theatrical version on Amazon Prime. My least favorite kill was Michael at the end off screen suicide. But 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 put a disclaimer after it. I really couldn't think of a bad kill. Honestly, I put that after it because I mean, what am I going to do? Pick one of the thousand zombies that got shot in the head is my least favorite kill. (laughs) Uh, Brian don't have it, but my rating was six point seven five. Just not my niche. No offense, man. I don't watch you know Walking Dead. I don't watch that. I wrote it's not bad. Kenneth, CJ, and Anna I wrote are all good characters. I like them all. Uh, I wrote it was a little bit too long in my opinion, just because the repetitive like like you guys said it got monotonous a little bit you know zombies getting them all they kill them it just got a little monotonous to me yep, opening scene was great i loved it uh, but I, I wrote just like scream and never got back to that level to me and you guys made a good point andre and luda their little subplot was really pointless to me as well i didn't like i mean i didn't really care about either of those characters i mean they tried I guess they tried to you know, rope you in with him wanting to be a good dad and all that. But, I mean, it's a, it's a zombie movie. I'm not trying to feel that right now. But that's me. <laughs> it was, it, I mean, it wasn't I mean, it wasn't bad. It had a lot of action. But, like, you got to, like, Mike made a good point that I really didn't think about. It kind of became an action movie in which, yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. Right, but that's Mike, not a bad thing. Next? Right. Yeah. Right. You, Mike, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, So, my favorite kill. Let's see. My favorite kill is... uh. Uh, the the larger woman being stabbed through the head. I thought that was a cool kill. Uh, it, it looked the coolest anyway. My least you favorite. Would. You, my you least favorite. Lover of large women. Nah, not that one. Uh, and that would technically be a large man, you son of a bitch. So anyway, nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, my least favorite kill is actually um probably the chainsaw kill. That 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 just doesn't land with me. It was really stupid. Like it it. I I just don't think it needed to be there. It's like it's a cool kill, but it doesn't fit in this movie for whatever reason. So I'm I'm just not a big fan of it. Um, my rating is a seven point two five out of ten. I thought that it was um really good for a zombie movie. And again, like you, Nico, I'm not a big zombie. It's not my cup of tea. Like I don't do a lot of zombie movies. I like this one. I like Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, I think it's really good. But outside of those two, I'm just not a big zombie. Like Brian, I know, shocker, I don't like the original as well. Like, I'm not a fan of the original Dawn of the Dead. It's, I'm, the first time I ever saw it was on Wait, wait, I could have swore at the beginning of this, you said you liked the OG. No, I never commented. Oh, okay. No, 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 I, I do not. No, I mean, you can go back and listen if you want, but I, I don't like the original. It's a, I mean, it, it's slow, it's hokey. I'm not a fan, so this one is much better to me. And just because it's a little more modern, I can relate to it a little more than than the old one. So, um, fun movie, 7.25. Go ahead, Drew. We'll let Brian go last. I'm curious to know yours anyway. I'm real curious. Uh, like, like always, I'm real curious to know Drew's rating. <laughs> well. I'll, I'll tell you this. My favorite, my favorite kill was the shotgun uh, to the head of Larry. That was my favorite kill. I loved. I just the the way they shot that and the way it just showed it was beautiful. My least favorite kill was like along with Mike over there, the uh, chainsaw kill. It was just lame as hell. Like, there was nothing cool about it. It was lame. 
It was but lame. I but I thought I was a dumbass. You disagreed with a dumbass. That makes you a dumbass. Okay. But it was it was it was it was a lame kill. It was a lame kill. It was uh just the trip fall into it, whatever. And um I gave it uh I gave this movie a uh six point five. Mostly because the plot of the movie set well. Um, the re uh, you, the rewatchability yeah. of this movie is high on it because, like, even though it's not great all the way around, it's one of those ones. If it watched on, there's nothing else. Like, I, I would watch it and yep. wouldn't be mad about it. Yep. So that's where I put it at. All right, brother Brian, let's hear your rating and all that. Um, my favorite kill actually is Anna's husband at the beginning. I just like how the zombie grabs him, bites that whole chunk out of his neck and how it just quickly bleeds out. I don't know if it's just the shock factor from it being the beginning of the movie and you're just like, holy shit. Okay. Well, this is what's going on with this, with this movie now or whatever. But I just, I love that movie or I love that scene. And most of the time when you get something like that in, in a horror movie, they don't give you enough blood, like realistically. And to me, in this one, they really did. I mean, that j- it was gushing out of his neck like it would it would be in real life. And that's why I think that's why I love it so much. Um, I don't really have a least favorite kill. There were a lot that were just kind of blah. But, you know, I didn't even think about it. But that chainsaw kill really was shitty. Like, And I hated it when it happened. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I'll just, if I had to pick one, I would definitely go with that one. Um, I, I, you know, I said it before, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of most of the zombie movies. I don't like watch the walking dead or anything like that. It's like the zombies to me, take a back seat to the rest of the story. And whereas to me, this movie makes the zombies the the forefront, um, you know, and a good antagonist. And so I like, I like this remake just as much as I do the Texas chainsaw remake and, and pretty close to the Jason remake. You know, I really I really like this one a lot. So uh, I I rate it I rate it 8.5. Woo! Nice. Woo! Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I was just 8.5. Hey, but you know when you see a movie what the first time you ever see it, if you c- connect with it then 9 times out of 10, you're going to connect with it forever. That's so, bullshit though. No, I'm I'm just telling you that's how it goes. Our brain works that way. No, because like yes, it I does. love these other movies that I talked about. It was one of my favorites one, and I turn around and watch them now, and I'm like, damn, that was like a six or a seven. Well, not that's like you. a nine or a ten earlier. Well, that's you. Yeah, well, it's not. It's definitely not well, everything. No, 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 I'm just saying. Everything. I'm just saying. You can sit there and say like the rewatchability for me is one of the main things I focus oh, on the movie when I review it. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, I might have watched this ten years ago. But now I'm watching like Candyman. I was just like, man, I thought that was the scariest thing ever when I watched it originally. Well, and I don't necessarily mean when we're kids. I wasn't. I just meant the nostalgic pool works for people. Most people. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely does for me. Yep. I love the, the nostalgia pool is extremely important to me. Brian, uh, really, you, you know, Brian, Brian's kind of brought some uh, some different elements: a vampire movie, now a zombie movie. Let's go. You you gonna bring? He's gonna pick Jaws next or Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> Jaws is coming. Don't worry. Uh, I've sold the whole. I've sold the whole cast on it. Someone will shit on it, but I I won't stand for it. 
but I'll wait till we <laughs> review Jaws. <laughs> Next week, uh, one more time, great pick, uh, Brian. I, I actually enjoyed watching the movie. It's just not my, you know, go-to. Yeah, it's still really good or subgenre. Uh, next that. week is Mike's pick. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to announce your pick? Or you want to hold off? Hmm. Yeah, I want to hear what this is. I'm gonna hold off. Oh, I'm gonna hold man. off. Let let the fans know. That way they can <laughs> know to tune in or not. Let the no, you gotta, know. No, you got to get them with a tease, buddy. You got to get them with a tease. I'll the tell you. Tease. After... What year was this uh, movie that you're thinking about doing? What year? Not telling you. <laughs> wow! Not even. All right. Well, every, everyone, stay tuned for you know everybody starts fighting. Stay tuned. We're gonna. Well, you know, Brian will drop another hot graphic like he always does. We'll, Let's go. We'll announce it. Beat the goat. Beat is the goat. Appreciate everyone who's been listening. And like he, I said, uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, bonus show. Got a bonus oh, show. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, stay tuned this week. We got a bonus episode. Uh, we're gonna celebrate the anniversary of a great, great movie. But we just want to say all right. of us thank Hey, yes, hey, it's great. Yes, you're damn right it's you, great. You be disrespectful <laughs> later. Hey, just wait, hey, th- wait. I got a I got a fan question. It's from uh it's from Harion Bathaway. It says, uh, Drew, why do you hate movies? I I, uh, I don't know, Harion. <laughs> I don't I don't know. You're gonna have to ask you're gonna have to ask Drew. <laughs> Quit ruining my bit. Quit ruining my bit. <laughs> hey, hey guys. Uh, we did have one fan question, if we wanted to answer it. Oh, let's answer it. Let's go. Uh, let's see here. Sean, uh, Sean Irwin wanted to know what makes the original, or what makes this one better than the original Dawn of the Dead. Well, Drew doesn't think that that, that it is, and I, I, I so, like the original. Right, 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 right. Okay, so that's his answer. My answer I already gave, I thought. So I felt yeah. like the, I, I gave my reasons already. Me so. too. Mine was the, basically the zombies being yeah, running versus you know walking around. So. Right. I, I think I liked it more the OG more uh, than this one, just mostly because the the character development, right. the character, right. the storyline. That was my main thing with it. Like that. But I would rate them about the same, far as like the from a movie standpoint. Right. 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 And Nico, you've never seen the original, correct? Nope, I have not seen it. That's why. Shocker! Shocker! But like I said, everyone, thank you for everything you've done, listening, giving us ratings, subscribing. Because of, Keep doing because it. of our because of our great fans, like I said in the last episode, you know, we're going we're flying up the charts in our so in our genre on iTunes. It's it's awesome that you guys are loving the show. We've actually gotten a lot of tweets and fe- uh, feedback on like Facebook from like people we barely know, don't know. Just, we have one random Twitter account tell us they listened to two episodes and none of us knew who it was. Super awesome. We appreciate you guys, and stay tuned for that bonus episode this week. Y'all have a good night. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. There's a man going around taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody will be treated all the same. There'll be a golden letter reaching down when the man comes around. The hair.